from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome into the Wow Report on Radio Andy. I'm so glad you're joining us here on Friday, May 12th. It's Tom Campbell filling in for our fearless leader, Fenton Bailey. I'm here with uh, club kid turned best-selling author, editor of the Wow Report, James and James. You got it right. I was worried. <laughs> that's not a script. That was from memory. And now, of course, Blake Jacobs, who's our incredible producer who often pops on the screen, will be joining us for the entire show. So I know there's a I'm... lot of Blake fans out there, so don't go <laughs> anywhere. I think Fenton is actually tied up in a, in a broom closet somewhere uh, because Blake has been trying to get this spot for a long time. It's very, very true. Um, well, each week we do the public service of counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow. So let's jump right into it. Number 10. Number 10. Oh, that's me. Um, believe it or not, I'm going to talk about things related to drag because it's a drag, drag, drag world this Friday. Um, this week. Um, first of all, if uh, you are listening to us, maybe you're driving to the LA Convention Center where RuPaul's DragCon is happening today, Friday the 12th, and tomorrow, Saturday the 13th. Mother's Day, spend it with your mother, don't come to the Convention Center. Um, it's a, it's, it's uh, being rumored to be the biggest DragCon yet. I don't know if that's hype or it's truth, but either way, I'll enjoy it very much. Also on this very day, is the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars Eight, and it's going to it's going to be bonkers. I was there when it was shot, and um, they released. You know how the network releases like the first ten minutes during the middle of the week. So we've gotten a little bit of feedback already, and people love this cast because it comes from everywhere. And I want to I want to list their names: Alexis Michelle back, Darian Lake. Take a deep dip into Heidi and Closet. James Mansfield, who like blew up in the Christmas movie. Um, Jessica Wilde has the shadiest, funniest read at the very beginning. You don't want to miss it of the first episode. Uh, Jimbo from uh, Canada and UK versus the world is there. His entrance look has already blown up the internet because he wears a, he's very plus size Zoftic and he's wearing a teeny tiny micro bikini. Is it misogyny? Is it drag? Can it be both? Um, and then the best, part about, the best part about the entire look is the, the, the sandals. Exactly. It's done <laughs> with such a, it's, it's so funny. It's so silly. Um, Kahana Matrice from RuPaul's Drag Race Live is back and more pumped than ever. She'll, she'll admit it. Um, uh, Candy Muse, everyone's favorite. La La Rie experience will be back. Monica Beverly Hills. Remember Monica Beverly Hills? Mm-hmm. incredible queen came out on the main stage as a trans woman is back in her full glory love to have her back this is kasha davis what season five you might be right mrs kasha davis um is uh, who always used to say and now it's time for a cocktail she's sober now so we'll see how that goes it goes well don't worry um and uh, last but not least nasha lopez the gorgeous nasha lopez is back and we have crazy Judges like Adina Menzel, Maude Apatow, Bowen Yang, Matt Rogers, Ego Wodum, all from Saturday Night Live, Adam Shankman, Jojo Siwa. I mean, it's bonkers. The combination of people and queens and events leads to lots of drama, lots of fun, everything you love about drag, drag, uh, drag race. Um, uh, and not under the World of Wonder watch, but made a huge impact on the internet, in my feed anyway, is there's a new show on Hulu called Drag Me to Dinner that Neil Patrick Harris and his husband have produced that uh, has Bianca Del Rio and Murray Hill as judges. It looks like sort of a send-up of a food competition show. I can't, I, I, I won't know until I, it comes out and we watch it. But it's got a, a, a drag race queens and, other, and, and leg, other legendary queens, but it looks like a, uh, a blast. I mean, just to see those queens. Anytime our queens get airtime, I feel good. Um, are you guys watching? Are you guys looking forward? Are you taking your? Are you taking a sabbatical from drag? What's going on? I'm I'm definitely going to be watching. I'm happy that it's on. I'm happy that it's on Paramount Plus and not MTV only because I cut the cord and it's easier for me to watch it on Paramount Plus. It's oh, it's see now I'm just the opposite because I I can't afford Paramount Plus. I don't have Paramount Plus. I I have too many streaming th- things that I'm paying ten dollars here, five dollars there, ten dollars there, and it's just gotten too much. So I can't watch it. I'm a little upset. 
James, I shouldn't say this out loud, but you know some people that might be able to drop you with some links. Well, I, you know, they say that with WoW Presents Plus. <laughs> with this, uh, James, you're on WoW Presents Plus. We'll give you a, a subscription. And I never get the, the subscription always leave, you know, ends after three days or something. <laughs> I don't even have WoW Presents Plus. World of Wonder won't even give me WoW Presents Plus. So I, I don't know why I think they're going to give me Paramount. But anyway, I just wanted it, it, it's a big day for us. You know, we're all, you know, headed down to the convention center. James, um, I know you 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 uh were pre-taping this a little about bit. That, boy, I am stressed because Are I you having a booth? Have, I I only have an hour at the Wall Presents Plus booth both days, but to just organizing that is is beyond my ken at this point. I I don't even know how to get an outfit together. I don't know how to get everything down there to get my badges. I'm just lost. I'm just a dizzy queen this week. Do you blame it on COVID? Do you blame it on the shutdown and the closure? It's the long COVID. The long COVID is <laughs> is denying me my ability to make money at, at, at DragCon. He's lost his taste and his ability to accessorize. It's really just quite shocking. <laughs> it's exactly it. Yeah. I'm putting you in the spot, but do you know the times you will be? Uh, oh yes, group? actually, I'm there um, from 11 to to noon both days, and maybe a little bit earlier on Friday because. Um, there's the Walk of the Queens, and so I might be able to sell some things during that as well. Will you be up all night? Because that's kind of early for you. <laughs> right? Tell me about it. <laughs> I have been trying to get into, like, wake up at 8 o'clock this morning. Wake up at 7 o'clock, the morning, you know, because I have to start getting ready. I have to, I just, I don't even know. You got to throw you, paint on the barn. You, something about painting a barn door. Is, were you making some crack, Blake? Is that what you were doing? You got to throw okay, some paint so, on the barn. All right. Okay. So, Tom, your your question. You now is your turn to be nasty. Are you interviewing our fearless leader Fenton Bailey about his book Screen Age? Girl, that's the other thing. I've had to reread the book and come up with questions. Wait a I've, minute. Rereading assumes you read it before. Well, I I I, I looked up the, the the pages that had my name on it. Is what I did. <laughs> Well, now, you know, it's also available as an audio book through Audible, so you can listen to it. Well, I'm skimming it, right? As soon as we finish, I'm going to skim it for a little bit and try and come up with 10 good questions. I'm just going to say that in addition to Fenton's book at the, the convention, you can get a pre-copy of a new book, An Oral History of the First 10 Years of Drag Race by the Queens, by executives, by some fans, and it's called And Don't Fuck It Up. Um, and I'm in that book a lot. And, and there is also going to be an oral book with an oral, uh, version, audio version with, um, uh, um, the fabulous Alec Mappa narrates. Mm, and I asked no. him whenever he speaks my name to speak in a thick German accent. So we'll see if he does or not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, so now we have another book that we can shamelessly plug for a year or so. Um, all right. Well, it's a drag, drag, drag world. Uh, all stars eight Paramount plus RuPaul's DragCon LA, uh, convention center, uh, have fun. It uh, takes a village. Uh, let's move on to number nine, James. Number nine. <sighs> number nine. I, I'm going to bring it down a little bit because I was probably sadder than I've been in years watching the CNN town hall uh, this week with Donald Trump. It upset me more than I I, I, I should have let it. it. It really was. It, you know, um, it, it was... Donald Trump being given a platform the day after his, uh, you know, the the verdict came in on the E. Jean Carroll trial. Guilty um, on nine of ten counts. Hello. Nine sex of offender, ten counts. Sex offender. So, yeah, they gave the sex offender, you know, a, a platform to spew his lies and nonsense. The audience was supposed to be made up of undecided voters, and it was anything but. They were hardcore MAGA purists who uh uh you know it was a room full of brain karens and sycophantic proto-nazis who uh were hooting and hollering at his every insult at his every lie his every goofy face he made fun of e Jean carroll and the the sexual abuse uh charge and the audience went wild oh. stood up the oh. women were were who yay Baba. like you know it was it was just it was depressing in a way that I haven't seen. It was it was Bread and Circus. It was like watching the Hunger Games. It was like watching a Salem witch trial. Uh 
How do you rationalize that if you're CNN? How do you rationalize? Well, I as as I mentioned before, I you know John Malone and Chris Licht are both hardcore MAGA Republicans, the people who have taken over CNN, and they are moving it to the right every single day. You know, Caitlin Collins, who who did the um the interview, Caitlin Collins, everyone was saying, oh, she did such a good job. Caitlin Collins got her start at Breitbart. She then went on to the Daily Caller, which was Tucker Carlson's thing. She is a Republican through and through. She didn't push back in ways that she could have. Uh, you know, he doubled down on the great lie, the January 6th. Mm. He, um, he, he went further saying that he had the right to the, the documents at Mar-a-Lago. He doubled down on that. And you've got to think that maybe, you know, E. Jean Carroll now has, a, a, you know, she can sue again. Right. And that the Georgia DA, um, you know, he has his, you know, there were things that like that Donald dug himself into a bit of a hole with. But for the most part, it was just um, it was just his audience shouting and cheering for him, which egged him on afterwards. Not one of the CNN pundits. You know, they all got together. Not one of them said, why did we do this? Why did CNN do this? They were all, you know, they're all towing the line because that's their bread and butter paycheck. So even Anderson Cooper, Wolf Blitzer, nobody pushed back on CNN for doing it. It was depressing. It was sad. And it just made me think that we really are in a shitload of trouble if this is where uh, we are as a country, that this is what is well, the last election, I think he lost because people were sick of the chaos. Maybe this will remind sound Americans but, but, but of the chaos more that he created. That, more than that, even, is the fact that we have now, we have Zaslov at Warner Brothers. We have, you know, Licks at CNN. We have Musk at Twitter. We have all these right-wing people destroying our institutions from the inside. Yeah. And you can't tell me that it, it wasn't a con- it's not a concentrated effort for the right to take over the media and destroy it, it which is what is happening. Right. And that is where democracy dies. You know, Trump may just be a blip, but but if you destroy the very foundation yeah. of our democracy, then anybody else you have, you know, we have DeSantis in the wings who doesn't seem to be doing well, but. If if Trump goes down, then he's the next one uh, going up, you know. So yeah. it's just it's it's terrifying. It's sad, and it made me just it took the wind out of me a little bit. Last I night. know you think I'm an ostrich burying my head in the sand, but I refused to watch Night of because I just didn't want to. Not that I'm a Nielsen family, but I just didn't want to give it any. And, and, but of but my that own. but that also is a problem, and I've talked to you about that because if too many people bury their head in the sand, then you have half the country burying their head in the sand and not being aware of what's going on. And it reminds me a little bit of Anne Frank, who said it. You know, the last thing she wrote in her diary was, "Deep down, I believe people are basically good." And she was writing that as the Nazis were coming up the stairs to get her. Right. And people are not basically good. People are well, basically bad. James, why can't my news source not be CNN but JSJ, James St. James? I get it from you. Well, okay, okay, but I, I want. Wait, to- I'm not. I'm not bearing, I'm not denying it's happening. I'm not. I'm angry about it. I just didn't want to give it. I, I know, but but I want people to get angry about it, and I want people to be plugged in. I, I do because I don't want people. Not I am angry to about it. I am happening. angry about you know? it. I, I hear what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, more more on that story, unfortunately, as it continues to unravel uh we're on the wow report and we are at number eight like number eight well another bit of sad news um we are losing mtv news which has been around for 36 years um i grew up on mtv news i would watch mtv all the time and you would hear the do 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 you hear it first um i remember yeah i remember watching the woodstock 94 coverage I remember watching uh, Kurt Cobain's suicide. I know that we have a lot of people at World of Wonder who worked or have worked there. Um, Did you guys ever watch MTV News? How do you feel about it? 
Well, you you knew when you saw Kurt Loder come on that, that that something bad had happened. Like you knew Kurt Loder was our Walter Cronkite, and he was the most trusted man for our generation. Um, I was, I, I am very good friends with John Norris. I've been friends with him for for all that time. You know, he was a big you know club person. He was out all the time. He's beloved um, in the scene, and um, it's sad. It really is because. What MTV means to my generation and your generation and Tom, that, you know, it, it changed the world, as Fenton writes about in his book. It really did. And it um, it changed the way we we perceive media. It changed the way we, we think of music. It changed the way we think of video. It's just it was it really was something. And it, to, and to see what MTV is now, we love MTV for having RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> make no response. Make, make no. No, but know, it's mistake. it's 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 okay, Boomer. No, but it's a totally different time, and I say it with love. I used to work at MTV. I was there when Kurt Cobain passed away. MTV itself was just such a cultural juggernaut. It was the first time that we all kind of came together, youth, eighteen to twenty-four, almost across the country, almost across economic, you know, and we all got what was cool. You know, I used to grow up in New Hampshire. We say every like we get all the trends in the sixties and seventies. Five years later, they finally make it to New Hampshire, and MTV put everybody in the map. We knew exactly what was happening. Music. We style. were all Kasha Gugu fans at the same time. <laughs> yes, but that hasn't existed for a long, long time. And I can't blame MTV. Its culture's changed, and youth market now is marketed too differently. And youth are always just like the way we adopted MTV early and 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 furiously. It's TikTok now. It's social media. It's the way that they can make, again, probably ways I don't even know about. So it seems somewhat inevitable that MTV News should pass, especially with all this consolidation. But it is, you know, it's a, it's, there's loss and there's, there's mourning. I have a fun story. It's MTV News, pretty closely related. But during the, remember they had the um, Rock the Vote and they had the presidential, they had Bill Clinton come on MTV. I was there. I was in the audience when someone, a high school student asked him, everybody wants to know boxers or briefs and he said oh, <laughs> at least most of the time because i can't believe she asked me that and afterwards i got to go up to him and i waited in a long line and i spoke to him and my brother david new hampshire big democrat big supporter you know new hampshire is the primary state i said "Ask mr clinton or governor clinton i just want you to know that you have uh, clinton supporters from new hampshire to california my brother was you know big in your campaign early on and he goes what was his name i said david campbell he goes that's right and it was such a beautiful political moment where he did not know my brother. He didn't remember my brother. He doesn't know his name. But he said, well, what's your brother's name? And I said, David Campbell. He goes, that's right. And he made me feel in that moment, it took me years later to decipher that sentence, that I was just, I was in the hands of a master politician. And I remember I wanted to, and this is terrible, but he had sexy earlobes. I wanted to nuzzle his earlobe as I was waiting. There, I sat. That's funny. So um, it's, it's something in the water in Arkansas, I think. <laughs> that's right all right well rest in peace mtv news and and by the way the other harder news again this is, this is a week of bad news is there have been 25 percent job eliminations at paramount and mtv and that includes a lot of people that we work very closely with so it's a tough time it's it's a time of um transition in this town with the writer strike and with uh, the overspending on streaming so we wish everybody out there, you know, good fortune, good luck. Um, and got to be friends with people when they're working and when they're not working. That's it takes a village, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we uh, need to take a little break for a commercial. We are so full of bad news. We don't have time for trivia questions. So um, <laughs> when we come back, we'll continue to count down the top 10 things that made us go wow here on the Wow Report on Radio Andy. Don't go anywhere. Listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. We're back. It's the Wow Report on Radio Andy. I'm Tom Campbell here with James St. James and Blake Jacobs. That Bailey's away for the week, but he'll be back. Um, let's move on as we count down the top 10 things that made us go wow to number seven. Number seven. Uh, this is my review of the free V series, Jury Duty. Have you heard about this? I watched all of it. <gasps> oh, then you have more to say. Um, it's a, it's being sort of built as a mockumentary series. James who said nothing. And um, uh, James Marsden plays uh, himself. Oh! 
Oh, I love me some James Morris. He's kind of the best thing. Um, and what the production put together um, a fake jury, a fake trial, a fake judge. They shot it all on location. They convinced the one person who is doesn't know it's fake is named Ronald Gladden. He's a really sweet guy, actually. And they cast him out of hundreds of thousands of people. And he goes in thinking he's doing a documentary about his time in jury duty. So it explains the cameras, whatever. But everyone around his peers, the quirky people at lunch, in breaks, overnight, are actors. And James Morrison plays a bloated, scent like a celebrity himself, who's just bloated and always talking about his own credits. He's kind of the highlight of the whole thing. Um, it reminds me of that old 2000 aughts uh, reality show, Joe Schmo. Do you remember the name? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was where they had a reality show where every all the contestants were fake except for one. And the one was supposed to figure it out. And that was how you won the money if you busted this experiment. So it's kind of like that. But it kind of meanders. You watch the whole thing, Blake, you're so much better than I am. I watched the first episode because I got it. I laughed some. And I watched the last episode where they... They reveal it all to him. He comes, he's the jury like foreman. He goes to give the 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 verdict, and the judge says, This is fake. You've been fake. And he gets to meet everyone in the production booth and and all the actors. And again, it's it's weird. I, you know, it used to be a big thing to do pay, play tricks on people in reality TV. And then it became day class A and kind of dangerous. And now they're doing it in scripted. But you know, he was, for better or worse, Ronald, the guy who was the real guy, was sweet and kind and, you know, comes off really well. But there's, I don't know exactly what I wanted to see. Blake, what what, what was your takeaway? Uh, well, he was really tall and really cute. Um, <laughs> I like that. And then I loved the girl who was like the slutty girl. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do. There was one of the jurors who was hot for this one like virgin boy. And she was just like outrageous. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a great exercise for anybody who's an improv actor. They just really chewed up the scenery. And, and I, it could have gone bad, but they didn't do anything like mean to him, you know? No. And, and everyone talked about during the series, uh, you probably missed this about how sweet he was and how, you know, they really were friends with him now and didn't want to, you know, so I think it was all in good fun, and I'm I I would watch this again. Something and like it didn't drag. Me. I just couldn't imagine watching all of them. They, you know, because they, they stay. They do. It's like a documentary. So all the characters, including him and the fake characters, they all do interviews, but they stay in character for the seven of the episodes. It's not to the last episode is the spell broken. So mm-hmm. James, do you ever feel like you're in a? reality show and you're the only you're the only non-fake person like here on the wow report like we uh, aren't really radio people. right now yeah like you're the only qualified person to be here you ever feel that way right now baby yeah <laughs> like you just sit silently as people just improv and chew the scenery around you but make no sense yeah. uh, watching you two tap dance is just the highlight <laughs> of my day um so it, it, people were raving about it i give it a B minus, but I liked it. I liked it, and also, um, it, it's cool that freebie, you know, like it's free. I was gonna say, do, do I need to start watching freebie because everyone I know that a couple people I know are on it? Well, freebie is Amazon's, is, is one of Amazon's networks, and it used to be called IMDb TV. And the big hits on it are that Jeff Lewis has his like his old Bravo show is basically on freebie. And Judge Judy, Judy Justice, where she wears the maroon robe and not the black robe and has her hair up in a little bon. That is also on Freebie. And this is the this is the this is the third thing I've heard from Freebie that's sort of catching yeah. fire. So I don't want to trash it because I love people taking chances, doing weird stuff. I just I, I, I maybe I part of me wanted something bad to happen, and I'm just it's just I'm not comfortable with me. I think maybe you would have liked it if you watched episodes two through seven. How? Damn. I, I was gonna say I don't know how you can say it meanders when you've literally watched one in eight. The I watched watch two it. in eight, two in eight. All right, I'm feeling shamed, so we're gonna move on to <laughs> number six. Number six. Number six. I've been watching on Turner Classic Movies. I've been making a, a point to watch movies that I 
am pretty sure could never be made in 2023. Movies that in this conservative climate could not just be done. And we talked, we talked about um, uh, Clockwork Orange. We, you know, uh, uh, Ode the, to Billy Joe. Ode to Billy Joe. Yeah. This week I watched uh, Elizabeth Taylor in Butterfield Eight. Tom, you know no where I'm going. It, Elizabeth is at the absolute height of her beauty here, the height of her glamour, the height of her allure. She plays a fashion model. I've never heard and, of this movie, so I wanted this. I wanted you to tell us what it was about. Yeah, okay. She plays a fashion model, and I put that in quotations because she's a hooker. She is a call girl. She is a high class call girl, and she is her uh, call. Uh, you call Butterfield Eight is how you get a hold of her, and that's um, uh, you know, that's the extension. That's you know, like you'd be like, hey, Wood seven four three two one, you know. So you call Butterfield, Butterfield Eight. Eight. Butterfield Hate, Butterfield Hate. And she's, um, Tom, you'll have to give me a, a, the background on this because she's, there are two men that she's sort of bouncing back and forth between Lawrence Harvey and Eddie Fisher. And this, is this during the period where she steals Eddie Fisher away in real life from Debbie yes. Reynolds? Is this the yes. movie that it happens? Yes. She's yes. with Eddie Fisher. So he's kind of there. But I think by the time this movie came out, they were over or almost over. She also won the Oscar for this movie, which, well, but she doesn't deserve the Oscar for this movie is the point because she, what happened in real life is Elizabeth Taylor had pneumonia and she had a tracheotomy and she was in the hospital and she wasn't expected to live. And so the Oscars gave her this Oscar to, to, because they thought she was going to die basically. And so she, she hated the movie. She didn't and she like accepts it. the Oscar in this low cut dress with her tracheotomy scar straight out. She was no fool. She knows how to play the press. And, yes. But in fairness, the year before, I think she'd done Cat in the Hot Tin Roof, which was Oscar worthy. Yeah. So it was kind of like the Oscars is, caught up yeah. to her performances. And, and she did she did um Giant the year before that. So Oh well, and she and I did watch Giant too. I I could talk about Giant, but she the, the character's name is Gloria Wandress. Which is a Tennessee Williams name, if there was ever a, a, a Tennessee Williams. It was written. It was a lurid novel from John O'Hara about a you know a, a New York City prostitute. Um, there's the scene, the big scene in the movie, and uh, Tom, maybe you and I can act it out right now, where her mother, played by Mildred Dunnock, who is a you know sort of an old woman, and she's very you know prim and proper, and her mother knows what's up. Her mother knows. But they don't talk about it. They never talk about it, and they don't sort of acknowledge it to each other. And at the very end of the movie, she comes back to her mother, and she says, Mother, I've found love, and I'm changing. I'm not going to be the same person I was. And the mother's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And she grabs her mother, and she says, Face it, Mama. I was the slut of all time. And her mother hits her, and it just, I was the slut of all time. It's so well, that's good. why she won the Oscar, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's such good movie. soap. I mean, isn't the first scene she shows up at, at, at Eddie Fisher's house, her friend, and she's wearing a fur coat and a slip underneath it because, yes. like, her dress had been torn well, during rough sex. Well, the, she, the dress had been torn, and then the the wife comes home, and so she's hiding, and she has to. She doesn't have anything to leave the house, and she's in a, a slip, so she grabs the wife's fur coat and leaves and that sets off a chain of events where she's trying to give the the coat back and then it turns into this whole big deal and the wife is played by a very beautiful very blonde very anti-elizabeth taylor dina merrill dina merrill dina merrill who was uh hutton barbara barbara hutton's daughter was it she's 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 real money she's real billionaire 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 the woman who owned mar-a-lago that dina merrill grew up in mar-a-lago and she was uh, just a chic 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 woman who became an actress and she's more of a uh of a park avenue socialite she's just so uh, i if i could be if i could be either elizabeth taylor or dina merrill i would have been dina merrill and spoiler alert because the only reason that movie could be made back then because of the code, the ethics codes is that somebody must die in order for the movie to end. And it's a little red sports car and it's the beginning. I always used to make the joke on soap operas. You'd be driving and then someone would be like, Oh, 
right before they died, you'd leave your hands off the wheel, and that would be, and that's Elizabeth Taylor in Butterfield A. Ah! And then look, the camera spins. Yeah. You see, it's it's like literally a little toy, you know, Corvette <laughs> that, that goes off a hill, but you it's supposed to be Elizabeth, and then the fiery wreck at the very end. We've given the spoiler alert, but yeah. Oh, that's if anyone's like me, they don't remember anything I say, so, you know. <laughs> let me, let me but on. anyway, Butterfield A, Elizabeth Taylor, Eddie, Eddie Fisher, Dina Merrill, Mildred Dunnick. It's and Eddie again, Dunnick. Elizabeth Taylor during that ten years that she was exquisitely beautiful. It just, just, I mean, it, it doesn't get more beautiful than her. And she's always in sort of pale, um, pale lilacs, which offset her lilac eyes. She has purple eyes, and it. it's just absolutely stunning. To, the, every time the camera goes on her, <gasps> you're gasp. Butterfield Eight, find it, watch it. It's worth it. It's All on right, TCM. Well, it's streaming on TCM. All right, we are down to number five. Number five. Uh, very quickly, um, I hate that Fenton's not here to talk about this, but uh, there's a new king and queen in the UK. King Charles and Camilla. Um, now, James, you said you watched the coronation. Can you give us some of the highlights? I stayed up to watch the coronation. I started at 1 a.m. and was going. I didn't go to bed till 9 o'clock in the morning. I watched the whole damn thing, and I regret those hours that I gave up of my life when I could have been sleeping because, dear God, you know, we talk about Charles and Camilla and just what horror shows they are, but he is one of the grumpiest, nastiest men on the planet. I wish Megan would have been there. I wish she would have been there just to shake things up a little bit. I mean, we had Louis, who was making faces, little Prince Louis, who was sort of the highlight of it. And I'm glad Camilla got her moment in the sun, you know, but they are a nasty couple. They really are. My favorite meme is the picture of Camilla freshly, you know, crowned and they, and she's sort of sitting alone and someone says, worst drag brunch ever. <laughs> there was a picture of them in newly crowned standing side by side and someone um, on Twitter said it looks like they're tr- going to sell us a mattress at their Memorial State <laughs> Memorial Day blowout sale yes <laughs> like mattress king <laughs> and wasn't he the Fenton Rose, he's the first king to be crowned in actual pants and not like tights and and things Reaches. of that nature Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I wonder. I, everybody wants to know King King Charles boxes or briefs. That's I think I think people oh. want to know. Um, it's uh, hard well, to get it up for this group of it, it, it's. It's. I'm an ageist. I don't know. It's. It doesn't feel fresh. It doesn't feel exciting. You do well, feel like Elizabeth. Because, yeah, I was going to say is. As much as you you either loved or hate the monarchy, you could not deny that Queen Elizabeth had had a charisma and a charm. Yes, and a kindness and a soul that really came through. And he does not, for whatever reason, or does not. And we've already seen him. uh, There were some lip readers on hand, and he was uh, bitching about the fact that they were like, you know, thirty seconds late for something. And he was like, "Yeah, they're late again." And he's just uh, he he just seems like a grump, is what he seems like. And I'm always amazed, and obviously it's ratings, and again, we talk about the media and the distortion, but like how everybody on ABC and CBS and NBC, everybody puts on a fascinator, and they go to London, and they they drink tea, and they're just so enchanted with the monarchy, and it's it's so forced, it's so weird, and you know, what they should be talking about is is the, you know, talk about a, 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 an argument for progressiveness, which is like, Think of all of the, the the doom and gloom around Charles having, you know, not being able to marry a divorced woman and Diana being brought in as a victim and, you know, the, her tragic ending. Like, what? Just, and now they're together and she's queen and he's king. And, like, what was all that about? What was all of that? You're, and it is weird to see Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper, who should be above this at that point, you know, really just falling in line in, in being, you know, sucking up to uh, hoping to get their invitation to the, the tea. Even, even when I spend some time in the UK for Drag Race, you know, I hear in conversation more both sides of the of the monarchy. Some people love it and just enjoy it. And other people are really like, it's crap. It's like, why are we doing this? What a waste of money. What a waste of time. And and, and the U.S., you have no sense of that. You have no sense. It's just fairy tale time. It's the new opening of, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, we got a royal wedding. Let's get some ratings. 
Um, all right. Uh, at, on that note, we are oh, going wait, to take Blake, a break. Did you have any thoughts before we hijacked it completely? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, the funniest thing I thought was Trace Beagle posted on the WOW Report this thing of Allison Jackson. She's a photographer, and she had these two lookalikes go around and uh, take unflattering photos. It's on the WOW Report. It's really funny, but that's it. Okay. That's excellent. Well, thank you for that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue to count down the top 10 things that made us go wow here on the Wow Report on Radio Andy. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And we're Jason back. Mama, I was the slut of all time. That's a callback. I, I said uh, that once. I said that a hundred times to my mother. <laughs> I would say that on a weekly basis. I that and from uh, from Mildred Pierce, I would always say, um, uh, uh, "Weren't the pies enough, mother?" <laughs> <laughs> I used to say, "Oh God!" I would drive my mother crazy. Weren't the pies enough, mother? Like she was so embarrassed of her mom. In case you couldn't tell, you're listening to James St. James the Wow Report here on Radio Andy. I'm Tom Campbell. I'm here with Blake Jacobs. And we are, of course, still talking about Butterfield A, a movie made in 1959 um, that we talked about last segment. Spoiler alert, um, she was the biggest slut of all time. <laughs> we could, you know what, for one of our evergreen shows when we go on vacation, why don't we just get James saying that for an hour with commercials? I think that would be great. We have it. Just have James it. reading it. old movie dialogue. Yes, with a disco beat. Okay. Um, it's time to move on, sadly, to number four. Number four. This might be a reflection of me, but I'm having trouble getting turned on by a lot of television. I just, like you guys said, oh, check out that um, History of Game Show special. So I started to watch it, and it was just, I know too much. It's like, it's not telling me anything I don't know. It's, it's made for 12-year-olds. I didn't watch it. But what I've been doing lately, what's really been bringing me passion and hope, um, is seeing live theater again. And this uh, past Friday, I left work a little early. I got in the car with my college friend, Rob Ulan, who I never see enough. And we drove to the South Coast Rep to see a friend of his and a mutual friend of ours, Michael Shayan, who happens to be an Iranian Jewish gay guy with a full beard, full bodied, and he plays his mother <laughs> in a one man, one woman, one mom show called Alvaz. And, it's, and, and his mother um, fled Iran during the revolution of 79. And in, in reading some stuff about it, he, he is like, you know, she never talked about the past, you know, and they've had sort of, and she, she was a single mom and he'd had a lot of feelings about her. So he just started writing this one man show about her. And he doesn't really perform. He's hilariously funny and he's a good performer. He's a natural performer. He has, he has like Charles Nelson. He's probably 29 or something. He has Charles Nelson Riley, thick, thick, square black glasses, this black beard. He's, he's just hilarious and funny. And he's dressed in this caftan. He's all set up for like Iranian New Year's. His mother's name is Roya. He doesn't try to look like her or sound like her. I think he feels like her, you know, like he, he, he embodies her and, he's, and he talks about how I, I've captured my mother and it's every gay man's you know, dream and nightmare to play their mother. And he unfolds this really beautiful, you know, we forget about all the immigrants that come to this country and what they fled. And, you know, how and, and it was a lot about how much she divorced her previous country and then how much she longed for it. And, you know, she was a very imperfect person, um, very egotistical but, you know, but at the same time, she was able to get, you know, getting jobs when you don't know the language, getting fired from jobs when you don't know the language, marrying because you have to, you know, being in a loveless marriage, having a child, hoping you can be a good mother. And, and then she used to work at a nail, a nail palace. He said everything the Iranians do are palaces. It's all like a kebab palace, a nail palace. I mean, it's an hilarious cultural insight into the Iranian world. He also says that Iranians and Iraqis, we get, you know, and, and the Armenians, we get along. We just don't live next to each other. We're west of Sepulveda. The Armenians are in Glendale. It's just, again, this one fast one-liner after another. So I'm, I'm, I didn't know much about it going to it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's definitely one of those theater pieces. It was at the South Coast Rep, and it was um, it, it had been developed over time at different festivals and different foundations. And thank God for the arts, you know, that still exists, that allow things to be imperfect and impure and weird and zany. Because, you know, we don't always get that on TV. We just don't. Um, 
And so I thought, well, his mother must be passed because it ends. The culmination is he always is his mother. But at the end, he finally comes in the picture. He's born. He's with his mother. She has all this love for him. And then one day he comes home and he's so angry at her for all, you know, the way you get angry at your parents at a certain age and just blame. And they have, he embodies both of them and has a fight. He and his mother have a fight. And it's really, because most up to that point, it's pretty funny, but boy, it comes to a big conclusion. And so, and the most amazing thing is I thought, oh, she must've passed away. There's just no way that she could be alive and he could be this frank about her. Who stands up at the end? His mother, Roya. And she's a knockout. She, you know, I think she looks like him with a beard and big glasses. She's blonde. She's snatched. She's wearing a, a red, a bright red dress. She knows that she'll be standing at the end of the performance. And in, in the most classy way, I can tell you, she had a short in the front, long in the dress, in the back dress that worked 100%, like she could pull it off. <laughs> and so then we went out to the, the South Coast Rep, which is in Orange County. It's a beautiful place. The Secret Center Center's there, all that. And there's a party, you know, and, and food and belly dancers and, and famous Iranian comedians. And it was just a night I won't forget. And again, it was it was weird and imperfect. It's, it's still um, playing, so you should go see it while it's there. And it's, um, it's, and the funny thing is, a small world is, it's directed by, I love his name, Moritz von Stuhlnagel. Huh. Who is this, is this this really great guy who I, I met at my friend Rob's and he's going to, uh, Rob Ulan, he's going to be directing his play in Chicago coming up. He is doing obviously, uh, Michael's uh, play. And I think Michael introduced him to Rob, but he also directed, the Ava Gardner play that I saw in oh, Westwood. So see, it just, all comes full circle, yes. doesn't it? And I will also just say quickly that I also saw um, uh, uh, our very own John Hill from Radio Andy and, and, and Wow Liberty um, was doing his own little one-man show called Wellness Check at the Yard Theater, which is on the east side of town. And um, and it was it was it was what's on John's mind. And John is first of all, I couldn't hear over John's arms. Because John, who's always good looking, has now gotten to shape like I've never seen him before. So his arms and forearms and hands are in a t-shirt. And that's really why you should go. But he, um, I ran into Michael Call, who we all know and love, and Monet Exchange. And again, it was just a great back and forth and free. You know, it's just great to hear people express themselves in a theater, surrounded by a theater. And my last plug is Hairspray at the Dolby with starring Nina West, which I've already praised, is here through uh, May 21st. So make sure you see that. So I, I encourage, this is really a reminder to me, but I encourage you all to go see Live Theater, wherever it may be. All right, let's move on to number three. Number three. Number three, once again, I've got to bring it down. I'm very sorry. It's a rest in perfection. Last night, the wind was knocked out of me a little bit. As, just as I was going to sleep, I checked on Twitter, and I saw that Jacqueline Zeman had passed away, Nurse Bobby Spencer, for 47 years on General Hospital, an icon in the industry. She started off, she's always, she was always a fiery redhead on the show. She was, had this big red Farrah Fawcett hair in the, in the disco era, lots and lots of makeup and tight little outfits. She was a hooker. She was a bad girl hooker when she came on the show. Just, a, just n- nasty. She was trying to steal Scotty Spencer or Scotty Baldwin away from Laura Weber. And um, then she became. Uh, she went into the nursing program. She became a nurse. She became the head nurse and a pillar of the community. And by the 90s, she was just the most beloved, one of the most beloved cast characters on the show. She was a part of some of the most famous, um, uh, some of the most famous storylines in soap opera history. There was um, she, her daughter slept with her husband, and that was a big deal. They, that was one of the huge ones. It, it, and the story, the story though that, that that people still talk about, that's up there with Judith Light saying she was a hooker on on the, the or Erica Kane standing up to the bear. <laughs> it is um, she had a daughter. She and her husband Tony had a daughter, BJ Barbara Jane. Oh, I'm gonna cry. I know you're gonna. I'm gonna cry too. I'm gonna cry. And Felicia and Felicia and Frisco had a baby named Maxie. And Maxie was born with a congenital heart fail with a heart problem. And she was on death's doorstep. She was in the hospital and she needed a heart transplant. <gasps> and Barbara Jean, BJ's um, school bus, got into an accident and, and she was put on life support. I can't believe I'm really crying. 
I know, I know, I am too. And she was, um, she was, she was brain dead. And Bob, Bob, Bobby had to make the decision to take her off life support, pull the plug, pull the plug and give oh. her, give her organs up for donation. And unbeknownst to both women, Barbara Jean's heart was implanted into Maxie. And when the two women came together and she ran in to say that Maxie was going to live, she got a heart and she saw that, that, that Maxie was dead. And the two women realized that her heart went to her best friend's daughter. And they fell to the ground in anguish, letting out this sob. And if you show that picture to any housewife, from the 90s or any former college student or Tom Campbell or James H.A. that you literally the the tears will start I am crying running. for real because the storytelling that was so beautiful and there was an image after the heart had been BJ's heart was put into their daughters where they would go I think it was it was maybe the father but also oh yeah putting, they would go to her bed her hospital bed and they put their ear to her chest and listen to their daughter's heart oh god and still to this day maxie is now a grown woman with children of her own but when they there was just a scene a couple weeks ago where bobby was saying you know i just i hear my daughter heart and you and and like they still talk about it to this day and it is still one of the great moments of soap opera history and that is, and she didn't win an Oscar for it. Jacqueline Zeman, did, I mean, an she did not win an Emmy for it, but she was nominated. She never won an Emmy. She was nominated many, many times, but she is one of the greats of soap opera land. I worked at ABC Daytime. I was able to meet her on a couple of occasions. And by all accounts, the people I know very well who knew her very well, in my own personal account, she was a lovely, bright, <laughs> sunshiny woman. Who yeah, had so much just love a and ball care. of energy, a ball of happiness. And whenever she came on screen, you were like, it's Bobby. You were so happy to see her. She would be gone for years at a time and they would bring her out for, you know, Thanksgivings and stuff. It was, she died after a very short illness. She was diagnosed with cancer, apparently just a, a month or so, a couple months ago, I think. Someone and um, been on screen recently. Yeah, in fact, one of the last times she was on screen, I think they knew because it was the nurse's ball and they did a tribute to Nurse Bobby Spencer and they showed clip after clip after clip. And so I think they were giving her her, her flowers. Well, I'm going to see how they handle it in the show and I want to watch it. I, James, thank you for taking me through that. I literally was crying. I'm not yeah. joking. And I, and I couldn't quite understand or I was surprised by the fact because it came up in my news feed. I texted you briefly and it's like, it's amazing how certain people you don't know how they're intertwined with your with your emotional nervous system and she was and yeah. i mourn her death and i will you know i even haven't watched her for years it's um and, and you just sort of unpacked it with that scene and she was a naughty girl too but anyway um but you know because i've watched general hospital my whole life i i don't ever remember a time i wasn't watching yeah. it. so she has been a part of my life forever and it feels like i lost a family jacqueline zeman bobby Jackie. 70, only 70 years old, very young. Rest in, in yeah. peace, rest in perfection. Um, let's move on, Blake, to number two. Number two. Very quickly, have you guys heard how, who Tom Cruise is possibly pursuing? Good God in heaven, it? yes. I believe her hips don't lie. <laughs> That's true, Shakira. Yeah. And now, um, apparently he is very into her. It says page six came out with the story Tuesday claiming insiders are saying Tom is extremely interested in pursuing Shakira after they crossed paths, um, on Sunday at formula one's Miami grand prix. So I think Shakira just needs to run. Well, in fact, if you've noticed, Shakira made a very big deal about showing up somewhere with a lot of paparazzi on the arm of her boyfriend. And she was like, I think that was her way of saying, no, 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 no. Well, TMZ posted about it, and they also shared that image from 2001 of Nicole Kidman walking out of the lawyer's office after she got divorced from him. So anyway. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Crazy news story. Shakira, stay Pat, away from Tom Cruise. The Pat Benatar song, You Better Run, comes to mind. Just play that. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Uh, one more little break, and then we will reveal the number one thing that made us go wow this week. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And we are back. Uh, we've been counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow this week. We have now reached number one. Number one. Even though Trump had that yucky town hall, he was charged with nine out of 10 counts. He's a sexual offender. It's official. Um, and to make it even better, the dessert to that meal was that George DeSantos is in custody for many, many things, including wire fraud. Talk to me. Well, I was going to say, but he the, the, the weird thing about it is that he um, got, was bailed out. And it was a 500, it was a, what was it? $500,000 bail, I think is what he was um, held on of which usually you only need 10% of that, which would be $50,000, but not for federal. If if you're held for federal, you have to pay the whole thing. So somebody put up $500,000 for him and like Brett Kavanaugh, I want to know who the, who is, who this person is, who is backing uh, this liar. There's all kinds of rich kooks that want to tear our country apart by having these morons in, in office. Um, yeah. Saw, but, uh, you know, the, the thing is, you know, he held a press conference afterwards and of course he was defiant and he doubled down as, as Republicans do. And um, even though even Kevin McCarthy said that he needed not to run next time. You know, yeah. This guy's, next. this guy's bad news. He's a, he's a liar. He's cheat. He's, he's not good. But I think this is the first time we have an Academy Award winner and a, a Drag Race season seven winner uh, who has been uh, arrested. That, that's the joke because he keeps saying he's all these oh, things. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm well, keep thinking, I, I think thought, I called him George DeSantos, and it's George Santos. I get them all confused. I saw I that he um, released his um, mugshot, and it was a picture of Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just, you know, we've tried to be positive in state of politics, but that one's a long time coming. So I'm glad to see that there's been some motion. It's hard to, um, it's hard to believe that real justice will be served, but you got to hope, you got to hope, you got to hope, you got to hope. Anyway, I hope I see you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening. Fenton will be back. We'll be here on the wow report. Um, until then, please go out and do something that makes the world go. At RuPaul's DragCon.